So when I when I met you, you didn't have any facial hair. You were you that was pre beard. Really? No, I met you pre beard. Yeah, you're a, you know you don't have any hair on your head, but you were pre beard, and now you've got a, a lovely beard. Was that? A, did you do the beard thing? Did, were you going along with the beard thing? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm incredibly influenced by trends, yeah, and yeah. you know, I sort of when 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 you're slightly uh, you know slightly overweight and balding and. You know, pale skin. It's like just, <laughs> got to, if there's something going on that can improve how you look, it's like I'm going to run with that. Like my first beard came when I met Jimmy Niggles at Vivid. Yep. I was asked to go. go to a yeah, I was asked to go to a, a um to give a talk in Vivid with Tim Ross, um, who was our guest last week, which is amazing. Yep. And um and Jimmy Niggles, um, Esquire, who turns out is actually just a made up name, which we'll talk more about today on this yeah, episode. I think Jimmy's so. On the show. But just on your beard, your wife told me um, that she'd never seen you without a beard until your until your wedding day, which yeah. I find just yeah. No, she brave, did. Well, she's, she 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 talks that story up, but it's it's the first time that I think we got together and I had a beard, and then somebody you know one of my groomsmen uh, the night before said you know like it's a very trendy thing right now beards, but shave it because you look back on the photos and think oh that was just a moment in time, and then I shaved it, and then I walked down the aisle, and she looked at me, and that that look I don't think I'll ever sort of like leave, you know, just that <laughs> look of sort. Sort of, you know, I looked 12 and, you know, the beard obviously made me look older and sort of like more hunky and yeah, it was lost. And she was thinking about the photos and the rest of the night and everything about it. So it was, you know, there was, it was a moment. I think she had second thoughts, didn't she? She had that oh, glance totally, of like, totally. oh no. It was, it was, it was like, I, 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 you know, I wanted the bearded look, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I've done the wrong thing here. You know, I've grown it back since and, you know, we, 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 we don't talk of that that again. We haven't spoken. Doesn't get brought. She talks about it in private, man. Yeah. She's told me that story. Well, a few my times. youngest. You Every know, time she gets drunk, she tells me the bearded, the unbearded look story. It was, it was one of those looks that was just like etched in your memory of like, oh wow, who did? Why, why did you do that? You know, like while Beethoven's Ninth Symphony's going on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to us talking about grooming. Well, it, it just happens to be that we're talking to a man with a very, very amazing, probably you know, the most famous beard in the world. I'd say. Well, it's a beard that's fetched a lot of money. Yeah, million dollar beard. Um, super excited to get him on the show. His journey and his story is is mind blowing. Let's get him. Scotty, welcome to the conversation. Oh, I'm in. What are you drinking? <laughs> uh, a VB disguised in a stubby holder. It looks like a Resh's, but it's actually a beard season stubby holder. So I love the branding. It's a very um, chameleon type of beer. But yeah, VB. VB. VB is so back in vogue. You know, they're selling bars in Surrey Hills, sell them, you know, with, in brown paper bags. It's all the hipsters are doing it. Is that it. your go to? VB? VB. VB, Rashes, and whatever else. See, I can't do more than two VBs. If I go for a game, if I play sport, I feel like I need to have a VB or a two. Is after. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. refreshing. VBs for heart and thirst and Rashes refreshes. There you go. I mean, the, almost the first question should be, is there too many craft beers out there? There probably is, isn't there? Of course there is. Yeah. It's Look, ridiculous. I've got nothing against people playing around with beer, but, you know, I just try and stick to the basics. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Beer is out of control. Beer is out of control. A little yeah. bit like, which is a, not a bad segue into our first question that I wanted to throw to Jimmy. Oh. Question of the day. We talked before about his social media. It, what's its effect right now? Is it is it sort of killing intellectual humility? Do you think there's a life outside social media? 
Like I'm just as guilty as everyone else, I imagine. But I can't imagine like we, if with life without a phone now. Yeah. Or scrolling and looking at everyone's things and like it's ridiculous. It's just a. Do you think uh, COVID made that worse? Like that time at home, hundred percent. Because you're like, what's everyone else doing? And like, I'm bored and yeah. stuck in these four walls, and like, you're craving interaction. Yeah, like well, yeah, I thought connect. I'd, I thought I'd read more. I thought, like, the big project you were waiting to do, and yeah, be creative yeah. and things. Not, nah, I, I haven't done any of that. I feel really like I've missed a big opportunity. No, I don't think. I, I think this is the thing. It's like, <laughs> man, this is this. You know what? It's my biggest thing is like everyone says we're in lockdown. Go and learn something new or do something new. Oh, or, you've got to. Yeah, change or, the world. Or go and learn guitar or read a book or yeah. write a book. And it's like, fuck, man, we're in a global pandemic. Yeah. If we're surviving that mentally and we're getting through Absolutely. that with our mindset intact and in your case still running a freaking successful charity organization, that's a pretty insane outcome. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying you didn't do much worthwhile then, Jimmy, in lockdown? Yeah, no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just just ran a charity. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. saved a few a lives. But you didn't make a puzzle. A baby. <laughs> but you didn't make a puzzle. Wow. No puzzle. <laughs> no, 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 that keeps his charity alive. We, and I think we're thriving. And do we give, yeah. like as a country, we, we're pretty good with charities? Oh, like we're really good. And when the chips are down, we really rally together and like what we did with the bushfires yeah. and everything else. Like we're a giving, supporting country. Um, but as a charity – Rattling the tin, especially in the last year, couple of years, has just been really hard work. Yeah. And and I, I hate asking for money generally. So, like, it's tricky. You have to be a lot more strategic. And um, I think the problem is as a lot of charities find themselves operating to ask people for money rather than operating to do the thing that they're there to do. Solve the problem. Yeah. Mm. We found there was... Awesome stuff being done in uh, in prevention, like slip, slop, slap. Everyone knows that campaign yeah. mm. and grew up with it. No hat, no play and stuff. Um, and awesome stuff being done in treatment research. But there was this gaping giant like ravine of, of prevention, early detection. Yeah. So 98% of skin cancers can be successfully treated if they're found early. Yeah. And there was a need for it. So there was, yeah, there was, and you filled the, yeah, and we asked all the other charities, why isn't this been yeah. done? And they were like, oh, we haven't really looked at that. And we were like, well, and they encouraged us to start another one. So we started a charity. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. And you didn't you Is just, that seven years now? That's 11 this year. Yeah, wow. wow. Goes quick, huh? Yeah, long time. But it was kind of a side project thing for ages. Mm. It's only been my full-time thing for the last year, year, a couple of years. Yeah, I think that was the thing that got me in, like really into it. Apart from you and you know, the leadership and the values around that that charity, but I think it's also that feeling of preventing prevention. That language was really important, and you know, every single time you spoke about the idea of someone getting skin cancer, then it was about we can stop that. We can actually put a stop yeah, to it. Early. Yeah, early, early. So you don't even need science. You don't even need medicine. You're actually trying to prevent the the cost of the to the nation by detecting this thing early. I, I thought that was amazing. Because yeah. when it gets late, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You got to deal with like chemo and all these yep. hard, like hardcore treatments and stuff. But if you can nip it in the bud, you know it's a it's same thing with all kinds of things like mental health and yep. like all kinds of diseases and stuff. Like the earlier you get onto things, the better. We think we're foolproof, right? We think we're not going to ever get it. Totally, it's not going to happen to us. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 
Were you yep. surprised by the feedback, but by the by the reaction though? Like, I mean, you sort of you, when it popped up and it was everywhere, and you were there in the beard, and it became a real <laughs> almost image of it. Yeah, it was, it was super it was good luck in terms of timing, I suppose. Because basically, it started out as this thing called Beard Season, where back to the brief thing, like we were like, okay, who's our target audience? And we found that 69% of melanoma deaths in Australia are men, blokes, and um, they're also the hardest people to, like, sell a packet of chips to yeah. compared to, like, getting in to see a doctor for yes. a, a little spot. Like, it's impossible. So we needed something all about commitment. And we looked around the bar at Wes's Wake and we were like, there's these epic farmers in the corner of the bar with really cool big beards. Yeah, and right. Back then, a decade ago, no one beards had hit. beards. Yeah. So we were like, okay, let's maybe we'll grow beards. It was just a joke really. Like uh, there's no correlation between skin cancer and a beard. But <laughs> they, they do actually protect you. But anyway, um, yeah, and we just thought we'll turn winter into beard season and we'll do it once a year and we'll just use it as a conversation starter thing. Mm. I think I met you in Vivid. At a forum on a panel, we'll just run it at Vivid together, and that would have been 2005, maybe. Yeah, that Jim was- Ross Rosso was there as well, wasn't he? We're on the panel together. Yeah, and I grew my first beard after that <laughs> in my life. I'd never grown a beard, so you know the conversation doesn't work, and people would say, "Grow a beard," and I, the first thing I'd say yeah. is, "Yeah, this is why." Yeah, and I reckon beard. most blokes are curious to see how they'd go growing a beard. So, and it kind of coincided with the trend, I suppose, of you know. It's becoming mainstream. Yeah, you did, and we just tried. You to started fuel the trend, it. man. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, yeah, we've definitely fueled it. I think the big, the big apex moment for the beard thing with us was we hosted a beard exhibition in London with this amazing photographer, and we had thirty three thousand people come in three weeks. Wow. Like there was people lining up to get into the exhibition, and then people lining up to see photos. <laughs> like they were lining up to look yeah. at it, but it was crazy. So that was like, yeah, we tried to fuel it as much as we could. Mm, it's so interesting. And what about now? Like you fast forward to now and you've got, um, I mean, we had a conversation a month ago, maybe it was even earlier than that. It was June. And I think you were saying there was 86,000 Australians who haven't had a skin check this year as opposed to pre-COVID. Yeah. You know. so, so what does that add up to in terms of people who potentially might have skin cancer? It's hectic. So yeah, basically because of lockdowns and pandemic, everyone's not going out no. to see their doctor anymore. And, um, yeah, Cancer Australia did a study on what the impact of that and, yeah, 81,000 people compared to previous and averages. I, it was something like that for, for um, um, breast breast screen, mammograms and breast screening too, yeah. Yeah. So, is, it, is it frustrating for you though to think that you know COVID's more important? So you know skin cancer is a pretty, you know, pretty. <laughs> well, it hectic kills problem. one person every five hours. Yeah, and all of a sudden cancer. it doesn't seem important right now. It's like, well, put that to the side. Is that a problem? <laughs> How do you yeah, deal with I that? I wish we could like hammer everyone as hard as yeah. You know, what was the? I wish climate change could hire COVID's publicity people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think in a, like I, I don't know what it takes to call something a epidemic or a pandemic or something but it's pretty bad in australia like it's 12 times the global norm here mm. skin cancer two in three aussies are likely to get be affected by skin cancer how often should we get checked like every year 
Well, at least once a year, I reckon. And if you're in the sun a lot for work or you play like- How are you tracking, Luke? How are you tracking? <laughs> when was the last check you had, man? Yeah, man. A long time ago. And, and Ben and I, as you can see, are really- Olive skin sort of guys, so you know. <laughs> I, can I tell you, I've got, a, I've got a, I've got a skin check about three years ago, and it was after a conversation with you, I went and got one, and I've got to catch up. I'm behind. I'm yeah. a couple of years behind, and I blame COVID for that. But I, um, I've got a really bad pair of like they're actually new, but I ripped a pair of Bonds underwear yeah. at the front. <laughs> At the front. Right at the front. Wow, right? ladies. So really awkward, really awkward spot to rip them. And <laughs> I never wear them. How did never... you do it? Wait, wait, wait. Don't just brush over there. Oh, no, I, I don't you... think I ripped them on. I think they ripped off. <laughs> There's just a hole in the front of my underwear. <laughs> okay. But it's not in an awkward is... spot. Yeah, right? well, I don't know where that's why, going. Why are we know. talking about this? It's in the pubic area. So I... Uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> the wings. This is coming back to COVID. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, skin yeah, cancer yeah. somehow. <laughs> I, um... so I... He's got a very so dark shade of red yeah, right now. So I speak because it didn't seem like that big a deal until right now. So I, I've got up in the morning and I put these things on with a hole and I'm like, damn it, the hole, the holy ones. Oh, well, I'll push through because, you know, I'm a dude and I couldn't be bothered getting changed I'll again. I'll push through. I'll push so through. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it work. So I put them on. So I put them on. They're not like undies anymore. They're a frame. <laughs> They're a frame. So I've got them on. And, I, and of course, I speak to you and, and I decide to go and get me a skin, skin check and that was the day. But so you I ripped go, your undies. No, no, they're already ripped. They've been ripped for a year. But you so went you in went to the you went in with ripped undies. undies. So I get to the undies yeah. at three o'clock the Arvo in Southo. <laughs> the doctor. And this, doctor. This, this, yeah. this awkward dude comes out, right? This awkward dude. And I've just gone, I don't know. And I've just gone, dude, I don't think I can. I think I can get checked today. And he goes, mate, no, I've seen it all. I said, okay, yeah, sweet, mate, let's this. go. So it was sweet. But um, yeah, my, so my last skin check was was laying on the back, getting a flu right light over me in a pair of torn underwear, look, just feeling really awkward. Yeah, right. That is amazing. That's yeah. a great story. Because I've never actually had the full, I didn't know it was a full body check anyway. So you haven't even done it. No, no I've had a doctor. You're a zero. I've had, no, I've had moles and gone, that looks funny. That, like, you know, around. You can get melanoma <laughs> in your ass. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a sneaky. So that's thing. not really a sun. Obviously, that's that's where the sun don't shine. Yeah, it's, no, that's a, so that's not sun it can related. Pop up anywhere. Yeah, like, okay, I did, did not know under that. Your feet. Yeah, you can start here and. But prevention. Yeah. It's about prevention, isn't it? In advance. Yeah. So your question, you opened up the question about humility, intellectual humility, um, and I feel like you know if if the internet's doing anything, it's, it's definitely, and we talk about this a lot. Um, it's it's probably making us feel like we're a lot smarter, or we have more knowledge than we have. You know, because yeah. it's so easy just to go. Yeah. What is that on my arm? I'm just going to Google it. That's a good, yeah, to Google your um, your illness, yeah. I've just solved the problem. I don't need to go get my skin checked or I don't need to go and get a COVID test or whatever it might be because I've just Googled it and I've got the answers in my fingertips. And you've had Ebola so many times or you've had sort of like meningitis so many times because you just put it in and everything inevitably gets back to cancer too, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, like this tech gets better. There will definitely be a whole heap and there are a whole heap of awesome stuff that's coming out in the in skin cancer space, especially, nothing beats a one-on-one. How do you leverage? Can digital be human? And in what sense can digital leverage that hum, human behaviour? So if if kids, you know, and I'll give you an example of about five years ago, we were doing a project with, with McDonald's. Sorry, with a big restaurant chain, and uh, we don't work with them anymore. <laughs> Fuck no. Okay, well that's coming out. We're that's working with right this out. big restaurant chain <laughs> that we don't we officially do not work with anymore. They um, and the problem was that they couldn't retain staff. And the staff's behavior was texting, you know, and so you've got a, yeah, you've got this, all of a sudden there's this manager who's trying to manage youth. Youth are very comfortable texting their mates, you know, to catch up. And But the manager's going, that's not how we behave in the workplace. You've got to ring me and tell me you can't make a shift or you've got to, you know, 
go through the official process. So all of a sudden, 16-year-old kids are trying to sort of grow up to this point of going, well, that's how we behave at this organization. So I've got to leverage that. And then one day we just flipped it and went, well, what if we behave like them? Yeah. What if texting is okay? And what if we can leverage their behavior? And what if we can share text? And we created this platform that if you couldn't take a shift, right, at, at this business, you could text in, they don't want it. It hits this database and that text flies out to, a, you know, the other 33 members oh, in the community that's cool. and says there's a shift available, who wants it? And someone grabs it by text and says, yeah, I want it, I'm in. Yeah. Goes to the database, the manager goes, yeah, you got it, just with pressing a button, shift field without actually doing anything or calling anyone. So you're leveraging the behavior of, you know, the community or, or that generation. You know, adapting. Which, adapting, you know, and is there, an, is there an example of that that's come through your organization where you're going, digital can solve a problem for us? Oh. We're just about to launch something called Spot or SpotBot um, who is going to help a lot of people book a skin check and help make up the numbers for that 81,000 um, people out there that might be cruising around with skin cancer and might not know about it. So, yeah, we're launching this and basically the insight or the, the, this all boils back to as a charity we're creating all this awareness, we're telling people to get checked, but... We have no idea of how many people are actually doing it. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say the results. Are you seeing? Yeah, yeah. Unless they write in and say, say I, I, I was listening this. to Jimmy. Yeah, and we were getting one or one or two a week, which we've been documenting on our socials. Yep. Um, but we're creating this thing, Spot, who's going to come in, and he's kind of like. He's almost ready to roll, isn't he? He's pretty ready to rumble, yeah. We've been rolling him around in the testing phase now, but by the time you listen to this, it might be live. Um, but basically, Spot lives on Facebook Messenger, potentially Instagram and WhatsApp. Yep. Um, and Pretty much wherever a chat would live is where he's going to be. Yeah, he's just there helping, ready to help. Yeah. Because that was going to be my next question. So, and the answer you've just told me is yes, Facebook can cure cancer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Mark Instagram. if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, we're actually working with Facebook. So, they're going to help like dial up the features of Spot, um, which is cool. And but so basically, I've officially missed the last three Facebook meetings. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Literally there missed all go. three of them. And I, t- I must admit, they're the most exciting meetings chair. that I've had penciled in all year. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook. You don't want to miss a Facebook meeting. With Spot the Bot. I can't believe I missed the yeah. Facebook meeting. I'll cut you off. So, yeah. <laughs> my developer made it and I didn't make it. <laughs> but no, they're good. So, basically, Spot helps you find your nearest clinic, make an appointment, puts it in your calendar, helps you turn up on time. Like, messages you just before it and yeah, gives great. you questions that's to ask fantastic. the doctor to make sure you get a good check yep, yep. and basically niggles you like I would as a friend to make sure that you get there, you get it done, you make sure the doctor does a good job, um, which is a bit of an issue sometimes, and um, after you've gone through it all, it asks how you went. And gives you kind of pathways yeah, right. depending on what yep. your diagnosis And it's was. trying to build an ongoing relationship, isn't it? So in three yeah. months' time, it's like Spotbot can just pop up and go, hey, mate, have you have you yeah. had that done? It's, you know? it's really hot today. Make sure you wear a hat and stuff. And so it's constantly in touch with you. And I think by doing it on Messenger and Instagram Messenger or whatever it is, it's a lot more kind of personal. And I just want to bring out the personality of – you know, like your mate niggling you to get it, get something mm. done. Because yeah. I think if Wes was around and he had that, he wouldn't yeah. die. 
Oh, man, yeah, that's, that's. So, yeah, I think it's quite cool. And hopefully it'll be a good tech, piece of tech for us. And it's playful. Yeah, it's, it's fun too. Yeah. You know, it takes the intimidation, I think, out of that sort of like whole idea of being hassled yeah. of sort of like, oh, okay, you know. Hey, Scott, just on that question. So you said, you know, if, if this was around, where's might be around. Do you ever think about that, the impact you've had on people's lives? Do you ever sit there and go, wow, I'm, in those moments when, and I can see you nodding, but in those moments when you go, shit, this is hard, and it is hard. I know it's hard <laughs> building any organisation, and I imagine the charity is twice as hard. Do you sit there and go, fuck, I've got to push through because? Do you realise the impact it has? Yeah, I suppose. As he grabs for his VB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's hard because, like, people people write in, as I was saying, a week, w- once a week at least, someone will write in saying they found a skin cancer because of what seeing something that we did or following us or whatever. It's incredible, man. That's uh, wonderful. But, like, if they didn't and then they died, the impact of that would be huge. Yeah. But, like, for these people, it's nothing. Like, they get it cut out and then they yeah, don't really. Prevention, they, early. And, and it's like. That was easy. Mm. And so at that stage in the game, it's kind of like, sweet, okay, another one, good. Um, but it's but when you consider like, shit, if they didn't find that and then they died, like that's that's actually fucking <clears throat> good that we did something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I think by measuring something like with SpotBot, we'll be able to go at the end of each month, we'll be able to go, fuck, yeah, we helped. 25,000 people book a skin check and then they got back to us saying, you know, we had 600 people fine in Melanoma. Like that's actual good data. That's good. That's life that's saved. Good. You need data. Data is so important. Mm. Small data. Those small bite-sized pieces that just say, you know what, we've just saved someone. And I think you can take that to the organi- to the government and say we need to do more of this. Well, it you just know. makes things undeniable. Yeah. It's like you can't argue with good data. And I think that's what technology can help facilitate more and more. So, Well, that's a good answer to that first question minutes and hours ago of social media killing intellectual humility. I mean, there's a nice – the other day we were chatting about, you know, like all the the pros and the cons of social media, but – Yeah. I think – yeah, and probably reflecting on my answer, which is probably a bit shallow, I think it can be used super powerfully to like all kinds of movements and like – to help improve your opinions and stuff. And, like, I'd like to think that us doing, you know, our little thing in our corner, that we've put something in front of people that might never have even thought about, you know, what we do. Yeah. The market is the marketing is still interesting, though, because your, your character that you created, you know, was – you know, it just goes to show that you were. It was. It was a great look. It was a. It was sort of like Jimmy. The, the name, everything yeah, about it. Was it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was no, great. You, you created a character essentially to sell a yeah. wonderful message. Yeah. You know, um, which was sort of like a, I guess a sign of the times. You were very easy to market. Good, good looking guy, <laughs> long beard. Could have been, you know, like sort of like that. Sort of like the way that you you styled yourself was wonderful. So it's sort of like, and it's just. Again, the zeitgeist that we're in is sort of like, you know, like I'm going to listen to that guy. Something added credibility to that and then you, you managed to get celebrities going, oh, check this out. So mm. I guess it was a case of, you know, whatever works. Yeah, it's a ve- vehicle yeah. basically. And like if I was a government and I'm just going, hey, you need to get your screen checked, 
Like, yeah, no most people are turned off. Yep. Um, but yeah, you kind of need those vehicles work for COVID. Your attention and government oh, yeah. work for COVID. That was a yeah, kind of. I didn't see the sexy spokesman for COVID. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Who's that person? Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> Where was yeah. the Jimmy going? You know, like I'm going to cut my beard. You know, if you get a COVID test for a million dollars, I'll shave this thing off. Who's in? But I did Shit notice a lot, like when when they started to open up the vaccines and stuff for the younger demographic, people started to own and post the photos and like, yeah, put it on your Facebook image yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it really like drove Mate, the two minutes before you walked in here. We we're just talking about this how kids, you know, twelve year old kids can get it once you turn twelve, and that's cool to some of them. So yeah. somehow, you know, they're like, "That's cool, man." I'm. It, it means I'm coming happens. into yeah. It's sort of, it's a cool thing there, whereas the next generation, the 20s are sort of like, oh, no, 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 you know, like I'm sort of an anti-vaxxer and sort of like, but I think, you know, it, it's it's a badge of honour for the earlier kids. Mm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about that social media conversation and hum- humility and, you know, I don't know if you've seen the documentary the um, about the digital, what's it called? Social effect. Social impact. Social impact, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and it talks about how data sort of the more you dig into the rabbit hole, the more you get delivered that information. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, so, and one of the things we, we, for the last five years, we've been a digital marketing agency and provided service for, services for pretty much anyone for a few years who would ask us to do it. Then we sort of brought the words earth and humanity into our business and said, right, if it's not going to help the earth and it's not going to help some human, we're not going to do it anymore. So the marketing side of our business died pretty quick because <laughs> charities didn't really have the budget, you know, uh, and all, all of a sudden organisations like Patagonia or something who are doing something quite important, you know, they they sort of got their own internal teams or they might engage us for something, which they do from time to time, but it's not all of a sudden our department of marketing just sort of slowly tipped over. Hopefully that's changing that. It's sort of changing and I think there's, you know, there's Human, human Technology Australia and Responsible Tech, all these organisations popping up because of it. But I think at the same time, I mean, I was going to say you've, built, to you've built your business off the back of social media. So if you remove it, you know, Jimmy Niggles probably doesn't exist. Beard season has a tougher time. Oh, yeah. You know, but I, I think these platforms can exist in a sense to create opportunities and powerful platforms for solving problems. But it's sad that sometimes not, they're not always the case, you know. Yeah. It's all about a balanced diet, really. And I think it's tricky with algorithms and things, controlling what you see. Um, yeah, I'd love to be able to lift up. But the algorithm around see. you would be interesting. So if I just started, like, you know, Googling Jimmy. You know, is, 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 other, ca- is other good stuff going to come up as opposed to sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah, Googling sort of like gambling sites or something. Then you get inundated with, you know, ads and sort of pop-ups for – it's like flat earth. When yeah. I, a mate of mine was having a flat earth conversation very vividly with me about the fact that it's real. And one of the arguments <laughs> he made to me was that if if the earth wasn't flat, if it was, round, if it was in fact round, that as we spun around the earth, yeah. boats, as the boats got upside down, they would just fall out of the ocean. Right? That was that's, his argument. I think that's that's Benny's it. argument. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Right? A, 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 a friend told me. Yeah, yeah. you're all going to get targeted now with flat earth. Well, exactly. He and this is what happened top. to me. So I'm I'm going. Yeah, okay. That's amazing. I need to dig a bit deeper. And I was like, what about gravity? He goes, gravity's yeah, made up. That's made up. Doesn't exist. That's called <gasps> density. And flat, flat earth's a false flag to distract people. False flag. Yeah. To make people gravity's a false flag. Yeah. Moon landings. Well, I think the reason I brought that up was because all of a sudden I'm getting, yeah, now getting conversation after conversation evolving around my digital, you know, social media. Do you understand data like as working in the industry? Yeah, totally get it. Yeah, totally get it. But we had to become part of, we we joined up human technology and responsible 
Tech Australia. Um, and it was terrifying. And that's one of the reasons we don't do marketing because we didn't know how to do it in a way that was responsible. It's hard, man. It's a balance. If you use it right, it can be pretty good. Yours is always responsible because you're solving a problem. Yeah. So any marketing you do I and even retargeting. Like, I need to amplify my shit though because like I'm getting, like let's say we talk about, I don't know, whatever, the Thai place up the road, some of the small little business. For some temptations. reason that like my missus might get an ad for them because. Yeah, totally. Like, had, Absolutely. Had, well, they're listening. Yeah. They're listening. Yeah, yeah your phone's always so. listening. It's All listening until you turn it off. things are listening. Like, and I'm like, how do they have a marketing budget for well, data? But how do they get how do they get away with approving that? So we buy a phone, we put a SIM card in a phone, and somehow in that process we've approved the terms and conditions to say yeah. we're gonna to listen to you. Is that okay? fine print? No. And there's no other way around it. It's either don't have a phone, you yeah. know, you can't mm. get around it. So that's just the world we live in now. Well, you know? yeah. Apart from those random pop-ups of those weird sites that, you know, I don't know how they pop up. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Whole proof underwear. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you might have a new sponsor on your hands. Yeah. yeah, I think. Holeproof underwear. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Or a new style of underwear, just yeah. the frontless. That's no, it. Yeah. The they, they exist, mate. Things. They exist. They're, they're out there for sure. <laughs> hey, um, you were saying earlier about you Googled Jimmy and Eagles, right? Yeah. So, so did Scott Mags come up? No. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think if you go onto the first page and you you know I'm scrolling down with my finger right now. Yeah, you you get Scott Mags at some stage, but. Because I called you Scott today. To- yeah, I didn't know. Oh, See, like, there you go. They're, they're, he was I like, thought, how, many, how many guests are coming on? That's you know, right. <laughs> Scott, Scott, J- Jimmy, you know, like, an, so the, the name origin, you mentioned Niggles a few times. Did that come from that sort of like connotation of Niggles or yeah. is, is, is it a well, an alter ego of Jimmy Giggle, the old host of ABC Kids? I think it was pre-Jimmy Giggles. Yep. I got in touch and tried to clarify when he started his thing. Yep. But um, it kind of boils, it goes back to this the social media conversation. So when Facebook started, I was in uni, and you couldn't get onto Facebook unless you were invited by someone else from a uni. Like oh yeah, uni oh that's when it was the legitimate marks. Yeah, how he started. Yeah, it, was it wasn't back thing. in the, like the hot or not days, but it was just after that. And I remember um, that you had to be invited. Did yeah. you? I, was yeah, I remember that. So I remember that. Yeah. Really? When yeah. I did that, I was like, I'm oh, not four, using mate. my real name. I'll use this made-up name that we had a, on a surf trip. And we just were like having one of those random road trip conversations if you had to choose a name from scratch. And so I used Jimmy Niggles on Facebook. And then when we started the charity years later, um, I was like, I'm going to use that name because then it goes back to the charity and yeah. not me. Nice. Because basically all the PR and all the interviews and stuff we did, I'd use that name so it wouldn't be. Because basically at the end of the day, I don't want it to be about me. Um, yeah. I want it to be about the message and getting checked. And Is Jimmy different to Scott? Stuff. Where does Scott start no. and Jimmy end? <laughs> Well, I think that's the next conversation, isn't it? Yeah. And I was sort of trying to get yeah. at the intro, I was trying to get to that and, it, and I just made a yeah. meal of it and it made yeah. no Is sense. That, that's your alter ego. It's kind of it's a Clark Kent Superman kind of thing because I know you You look like a Jimmy to me now. Is, yeah. Is that your wife called you going back a little Is bit. His wife called you, you Scott? I mean, your parents? Well, she met Jimmy? me kind of as Jimmy, as Jimmy. Eagles at an event. That's really interesting. So she's actually in my phone as Emma Eagles. <laughs> that is so interesting. <laughs> Emma Mags. She's in my phone as Emma Eagles. Yeah, so wow. now that I've shaved my beard off after 11 years. It's I'm coming back, though. It's coming back impressively. Back to Scott Mags, which is my real name. Yeah, right. It's, like, it's hard to leave Jimmy. Well, everyone knows me as Jimmy. 
Is so, that attached to the name going back to you, your true identity? And is that about sort of, you know, you've got Beard Season was the first iteration of solving this problem. The next one is Skin Check Champions. Yeah. Is it going, right, I'm a CEO of an organization. Yeah. This next chapter is different. Yeah, I got to like, I changed like I changed my email signature a, co- a month or two ago and I was like, yeah, and I'm changing my email. Jimmy's like, no, I've just wiped him out. Wow. And that was a big moment for me. Mm, I was like, no doubt. Nah, I'm emailing everyone as Scott now. Right. And I don't care if they don't know who I, I am. And so friends or Emma might say, look, I, I actually prefer Jimmy. Can Jimmy come back? Sort of like, <laughs> you know, nutty professor. And that We've all been locked up. No one knows anymore. Mm. So, yeah. No, do you remember? Person, hopefully. I, I don't know if you remember, we had that heated discussion a while ago over digital and we were having this, we were discussing this website and we were going at each other and we are like, We've got to solve this problem. And I called you Jimmy, and then I called you Scott, and then I called you Jimmy, and I was like, oh my God. And I went into Melbourne. Did you just call him Scott when, when you were angry at him? Was it that kind of that? Yes. Scott. Like Benjamin. Yes. Yes. yes like your like mother that. would do. Do yeah. you remember that? Do you remember yeah. that? And then I just had this real moment of. Who are you? Yeah. No, no, not about who you are, but about this moment. And it hit me really hard that it's easy to have a persona that is this brand, Jimmy. Yeah. But when it's Scott, it's like, fuck, man, it's such a human thing to have a moment with someone really honest in their face and go, hey, Dude, you know, or whatever it is. So that was a little moment for me to step back and go, you're going through some shit. Yeah. This person was, who you've I been- I was for- right in the middle of that. Yeah, but yeah. You, yeah, and you got to let go of this identity that you've had for so long yeah. and your beard had just come off and mm. like, you know, I feel like yeah. I was just being, a, you know, a, an in- inconsiderate asshole in that conversation. And you sit uh, back and go, you've, you've had to let go of someone. Yeah. How was that? Um, I'm still kind of like, I suppose- my beard has grown back from winter and I haven't been able to see my barber yet. So I, I feel a bit more like like I really grew into that kind of character. Yeah. It's and interesting because it still seems like talking to you now, it's no different to the Jimmy. Yeah. You know, like you're, I'm talking to Scott about Jimmy, but there's no there's no huge distinction. It's, <laughs> no, not, like an actor. No, like, it's not like It's not like Barry Humphreys playing Dame Edna Everidge or anything. Yeah. Like it's not sort of like or, a yeah. totally new creation. No. Nah. It's, it's, which is, I'm really glad I didn't like try and become a character. I think, yeah, the beard was enough to, to like make people look at me differently. And when you, when you're turning up to all these fancy parties and stuff and you've got this ridiculous beard, everyone's like, whoa, who's this guy? Like that was enough to kind of. Well, it's a conversation starter. It was, it it, definitely, the beard was incredibly impressive. But it was interesting not having the beard. And then I'm like, Okay. And I, then I, I think I saw you just up the road at a cafe, like at the coffee shop, like um, without the beard. And I, yeah, didn't even recognize you. Such, <laughs> it, 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 it was so sort of like, yeah. it, in a way, defined you, which is kind of like a weird thing to say, you know, like, I mean, mm. where's, well, the, that's, where's that's, the beard? But, that's but the, this is the thing, it needs to evolve. And I don't yeah. need to rely on that now, yeah, totally. ideally. And, I, and the whole idea of, the, I, the Jimmy Niggle's name and the beard and everything was that one day it would go and the charity and everything else would exist on its own really powerfully and it's all about all the other people growing their beards and, you know, it should be more about <coughs> them. And Yeah. Can and I, I say? I, I basically don't want to be in any of the Yeah, I there. found the persona in the middle at the end frustrating. When I started to get involved and I could see, um, and this is a compliment to you, how hard you'd worked, what you'd created. And it wasn't Jimmy, it was you. It was Scott Scott Max, was trying that. to come out. <laughs> so Scott had done that and it was like, oh, I don't know anyone who's created an organisation like that. 
Anyone. I've never met a human in my life who's gone and said, I'm going to start a charity and 11 years later, we're still banging away at it and saving lives. I've never met that. So <laughs> With a long beard. So I don't know if you remember, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I had this conversation with you, but I've definitely had it with people. It's like, I think this is, you know, this is Scott's time to go, fuck man, I am a CEO. I am a founder of a, of a charity and I did create this and I do solve problems because when you step in your power, if this is me pretending to be Brene Brown for a moment <laughs> and you go, what's my superpower? It's that, that, that human ability to create something and then make it infectious by creating a persona, if that's even part of it. And that, that to me, man, is like, geez, I don't, you're in the 1%. You know, people don't do that very often. <laughs> so to sort of not be recognized for that or not to be the, the recognizing yourself as that person who's created that opportunity for people is really oh, challenging. I'd love to throw in one as, as someone that didn't work through this process of like, have you noticed any different reactions? You know, without when you without the beard. Oh man, it's sort of like it's sort of like whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's Jimmy? What's going on here? Yeah. So we shaved it off at this ball in at, at Ivy Ballroom in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It yeah, lots of, it's got like lots of press and three stuff. Three or four hundred people there, and it was incredible. I couldn't Just, afford a ticket. Chris Hemsworth's barber shaved it off, and it was this massive build build up. Hamish Blake and Whipper was hosting it, and um. Anyway, we shaved it off and um, that whole process was just completely earth-shattering for me. And then I had like a moment where I just was in the dressing room thing after and then upstairs I went to go and buy a beer because I hadn't had a beer the whole yeah, night. Yep. And um, I was waiting in yeah, the I know, it's coming here. Kick, yeah. to try and get a beer and I couldn't get through the, the crowd. <laughs> and they didn't even know who you were like <laughs> – I was. And they were all there for you. And I felt like I was like 17, like I yeah, snuck could. into not, a bar not, not today, members only. Yeah. So who are you? Oh, you're not Jimmy anymore. It was a real like. The journey's over. Yeah. The character's dead. That's and it. then the week before you would have just parted the queue right with the beard. <laughs> the beard would have just been. <laughs> The cue, there's like the C, just step aside and coming through the beard. That is, it's, isn't that fascinating though? Yeah. Like, you know, like it's almost like the, the cause was connected to the beard. Yeah, it was weird. When but it came from the Scott. Yeah, it's, it's surreal. It's pretty yeah. crazy, but um, I'm glad it needed to happen. What is it? I mean, this is said from three men with facial hair around a table, but the beard thing with dry July, Mo, November, Mover, it, it's always yeah. involving male facial hair. Yeah, there's a lot of. Different things, especially what? now. There's all these. Is that just because like, it's an easy sign? I guess you can say, look, the polished I'm doing man. something. The polished man is interesting. Yeah, there's all this push up challenge and planking. And oh, is it? Yeah, right. I'm just thinking of, like a lot of it involves shape. I guess it's a definable sort of like, oh, okay. Well, Movember was the original awesome. Like, that was such an inspiring, good thing. And I remember that kicked off when I was in uni as well. We all did it. Mm. And it was. Amazing. Um, and I suppose beauty is a pretty similar model, but we started out just awareness. It wasn't raising money. Like it was just tell people to get checked, tell people yeah. to get checked. You know, when someone asks you about your beard, tell them to get checked. And it was all awareness. And I suppose when it was small, we didn't need money. Um, we just needed to set up all the structure and stuff. And basically, yeah. But I think um, – Hopefully, Beard Season and November are the only two facial well, hair things. 
No, yeah, well, I mean, in every yeah, other- Yeah, the only two I know of. What are you, where are you going with this? Have you got something we don't know about? No, yeah, what is- tried, like, I've The just goatee. Noticed, yeah, the yeah, moustache. There just seems to- What have you got, the goatee season coming up? Maybe I'm just thinking of all those months where people put an alcohol ban on, you know, like it's February free oh, yeah, or dry, dry July. July. It's like it's like every month has Side got kind June. of like a cause. The year is so packed. So month's got a- I mean, you every December. month's got a cause. I'll, I'll give you a little lift under the so hood. I've got a question for you. So you just had a baby. Yeah. Um- does that change things? Yeah, it's so it's amazing. Um, but the overwhelming thing I think we've both found is that it was as if she was always part of the team. Yeah, like she's just slipped in there and like. How old is she now? Uh, Ten weeks. No, yeah. eleven. Actually, eight. can I just rephrase my Dude. point? You've both just had a baby. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, well done. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so congratulations. It's <laughs> a bit of handshake there. Just because he looks fifty-five doesn't mean he can't have kids. There yeah, you go. That's there crazy. you go. No, yeah. it's it's no. We just had our third, but she's um um she's yeah nearly six weeks. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you're right in the thick of it. What yeah. are you doing here? Oh, no, we're, we're, <laughs> that's why he's here. We're at, we're at th- we're at three now. And the other three. The, the other two are, are sort of like eleven and nine. So it's sort of like you know. It's funny you say that. We had a we had a measure. It was a wine glass measure. Have I told you my wine glass oh, theory? Yes. Yeah, and it was, and I'll share it anyway because people who don't know it. But we we did say when the first one was born and the Mia would cry, we would literally jump up out of our seats and run. You know, baby two would be oh, like absolutely. Yeah, baby two would be like fuck. We'll finish the glass of wine and see what Kai's up to. You know, and he would cry through it, and maybe stop, and yeah. By the and time people come along, it was like. You're falling asleep under the pub floor. Yeah, I'm not yeah, getting yeah, up. Yeah. Like, I'm not getting up. <laughs> it's funny because you you're, 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 <laughs> I'm not getting up. Cry away. Your your baby, you know, number one is wrapped in cotton, you know, rightly so. And um, then number two, they you when, when you realise they're not going to die if you sort of like don't, you know. They're pretty pretty good operationally. They do, you know. Operationally. That's yeah. a great word. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, so they like. She yeah, fits they, into the organisation nicely. It fits into the, yeah, fits they, into the world nicely. They cry nicely. when they're hungry and she's got a really good sleeping schedule. Oh, that's fantastic. And it's it's phenomenal. Like it's such an amazing feeling. But does yeah. it change you in terms of your motivation and goals? You know, like I was watching Mark Philippoussis on the um, – Who's going to be a guest on our show? So I better not say that because that's sort of fucking blown oh, up. Well, that's coming out. So that's <laughs> a secret. You just won't know when he's coming. But we've got um, – like he was talking about – you know, that feeling of now he has this sort of greater purpose to live for. And when he was playing tennis, he just it felt a bit hollow. He'd win and go, oh, fuck yeah, I want some cash. Oh, he's pretty good at it. He's amazing at tennis. Yeah. Like he was top eight in the world. But I, I feel like now he's got, he's, he said it himself. So it's he's this, got a kid too. He's got two kids, yeah. Ah, yeah. So part of that was, man, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my kids, you know. Yeah. And I wonder if you wind the clock back to, to his tennis career, if he had kids then, does the motivation and drive change? Has yeah. it changed you? Um, I think I'm very lucky that I can work from home. If I had to work somewhere else or if I was flying around playing tennis, I just don't know if I'd be able to perform. Mm. You know what I mean? You'd want to be, yeah, you, you kind of want to be there for those moments and stuff and it's tricky because your priorities, like basically you want to kick ass at your career or what you're putting your energy into for a you know, purpose kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, they need a lot of energy and attention and stuff, mm. So, which they deserve. So it's tricky. Yeah, the little moments are so important. You know, it's I, just, I don't want to digress too much, but a good friend of mine's an executive at Nike and they've always had a policy that those important moments like the, the school dance or the 
um, you know, a moment of school, you're going to go collect a certificate or a sporting endeavour, your free time. Yeah. Just go, don't miss it. Yeah. You know, Nike's like, you doesn't care what you, what's on today, you've got to go and have be present in those moments. But what's happened during COVID is a lot of these um, – executives have been home, working from home every day yeah. and seeing the baby walk for the first time yeah. or talk for the first time or cry. And they're like- oh, What a time the, to be a kid, right? They're the yeah. moments. You know, yeah. they're the moments. So now they're going back to work. Nike can't get them to come back. Yeah. They're moving. They're leaving Fair the company. They're I like, think that's a those, good society change. It's a massive thing. Because I mean, we were slave. I was a fucking slave to my absolutely. agency. Like I'd be back till nine o'clock, you know, most nights. Oh, it's funny. I mean, that's what- and shit. That's what we call the great. We joked about the great. <laughs> the great chicken shit. No pitching. Like, oh, right, yeah. some chicken shit. I was like, whoa. No, that's we we joked about this the other day. We talked about the great reset, you know, and that that's what other people and any and crazy people well, talk about this great been reset. There for ages. But, but our reset mm. was just um, being able to be at home and work. I mean, I've always you know pitched and then go and direct or whatever, you know. But yeah, basically, home base was home base. Yeah. I now people are realizing you can actually do most things. And the home. shit that you put up with in the office as well, like so much unnecessary bullshit that you just don't like. You focus, you can focus more. I think you just do the job. Like you focus on what do I need to get done and how do I do it the quickest possible. Sydney the office best possible digression, but even in the paper today, Sydney office rants like have hit rock bottom. Like mm-hmm. you can you could go in there and get a floor. You know? How do you do that? So you just said you know you just focus on what you got to get done. How do you do that? Um. Well. <laughs> he only needs his phone and social media. You can, yeah. But you, I, I you like to surf, right? Is that part of it? Is yeah, it- 100%. So, like, basically, I love surfing and um, I live very close to the, a couple of really good waves, purposefully, and um, I know where, what I have to do and what I, have, what I can do before I can schedule some good time in to go surfing. And now it's like... I can schedule some good time in with the bub and get the work done and do those big chunks and just aim towards hitting those chunks. And if the surf's good, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to work from 7 till 10. It's working those hours And when the wind dies down, I can hit it and no one will be on it. And I just know that I can, like, make the most of all the environmental It just eases that kind of stuff too. I mean, you you – Ben, you talk with you know with overseas a lot, and I do with with America. It, it just works for that working yeah, from home. The whole world is just late. adapted to that. Because I work good at night time, so you can yeah, so just do it at night much, time. Much better at night time. Yeah. So he sings at night time too, but but like you work well at night time. <laughs> I'll show you that video later. Oh, yeah. I um I find I always talk, I talk a lot about flow state, you know, not in the sense of like a sports psychologist would or something. In my own version of it, which is about those moments when you just start and you are in and you've got it, mm. and you just said. Um, chunks of time and you, I think you use the term good times or important times and, you know, those those moments for me are about, right, I've got this window of opportunity now and there's two hours and in the morning I can find my flow state. Yeah. In the evening I've, I can find it. Yeah. Where I'm just flowing and I'm getting it done. But between sort of one and five I can't. Yeah, and you're bouncing around and- like, I can't do it. I'm like wasting time. Yeah. It's called, what do they call it, Um, time confetti, where you're doing trying to do a thousand things but you're actually doing I, nothing. I like know? that. I mean, I tried it. That's how I've always worked and I thought there was something wrong with me to like- you know, like have to get to this nine to five. When did that start? You know, because I don't, it, it doesn't yeah. work in the middle of the day. For no, it doesn't work. And I, I use that time for other things, you know, like seeing yeah, the kids not? after school. Why like yeah. in saying that, I, I, it sounds a bit, it's <laughs> it's not as easy as, as I'm saying it. Cause I mean, there is times where I push through that and do the shit I don't want to do all the time and go, fuck, I'm just, I'm skipping lunch or I'm, but that's because I'm getting better at that. 
because I'm understanding what my flow looks like, what I need to achieve in the day. And we talked about this assignment yesterday was, you know, it's for me, it's about the power of five. What can I fit in the palm of my hand? What are the five top things that I can do? That's good. That I can solve, that I can create today. Yeah. And I do that every single morning and it That's goes into good. this Write book. Write it down. Yeah. And I start off with three really easy things mm-hmm. and two really hard things. And I tackle the three That's easy things good. first to build confidence. That's yeah. a great tip. Yeah. So that's that's my approach to find flow, you know. Jimmy, you were number five on both our lists today. Challenging. Challenging. It gets harder. It gets harder. <laughs> As it hits eight o'clock. Yeah, that's that's you do the easy things first and that to me is, I, I don't know who told me that, but it, it, it definitely gives you some idea. confidence to tackle the next thing. I'm going to do that. Rather than stuck on the first one going, fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to get through five. But it's not, it's not overreaching too. It's not like a list of 25 things. No. You know, five's manageable. You, get, you, you know, you have five. Yeah. I, I can do this. And you've got to be okay to fail. You've got to be okay to go, geez, man, I'm at three and I, it's just not going to happen today. Yeah. Rather than pushing through and doing shit work, you've got to be prepared to go, I'm going to let this one go. Through to the keeper. Rod Marsh has got this one. The big yeah. unit's diving right with his big pads on. Moustache. There you go. He's got a moustache. Yeah, yeah. What charity was he he involved in? Oh, DC was ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. All those guys in the 70s and 80s. Marsh Fest. It was a cricket match music festival. Yeah. He used to be my career coach. (laughs) There you go. In another life. He did. We're into the power five, aren't we? Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But, but what's, the, what's the music that's picked you up and and moved you through the last decade? Oh, jeez, that's a heavy question. These are the ones we emailed to you that you didn't read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would top three, top, top three. three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want soundtrack to your life. I'm just ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. See you, Ross. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love music. I always have music on, and uh, it powers me. If I want to cure cancer, where do I start? Get a skin check. And when you're in there with your doctor, do a full checkup for everything else. Can it be cured? 100%. Yeah. Unless it can't and then don't sue me because you didn't. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it can be. <laughs> hey, um, at a personal level, I know your wife and she's incredibly lovely and I've got a question for you. What does romance look like to you? Oh. Totally left field, but an important question. I think it's those moments where you – Go the extra mile for each other and you don't be lazy and you make an effort and they really appreciate it. Best advice you've ever received? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. And the worst advice you've ever received? <laughs> jump. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, jump's actually good. But uh, jump. I don't know. <laughs> worst advice. If I don't know the answer, it's like, I don't know the answer, but someone does keep keep asking. Yeah. Keep well, going, the worst you know. advice is don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, right? That's such a good, yeah, it's a great think point. That you, yeah. Because the moment you think you know everything, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. And the answers aren't always on your phone. No, they're never. Yeah. They're, they're in someone else's head and in yours. And half the time it's about talking about it, right? Sharing. Yeah. Just sharing. getting around a table, flicking on the microphone. Flicking on a microphone. Well, they're just talking like this and this has been great. Yeah. 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 How are you feeling down there anyway in your little stool? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For those of you at home, I'm on a very small chair and these two very large gentlemen are on big chairs. Yeah. 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 I mean- It's part it, of our plan. It, 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 <laughs> it's working. It is a great visual that can't really be captured oh, in sort sorry. of like right. sound. Photo right yeah. yeah. So sorry. So, mate, um, yeah, amazing to have you along and um, it's been a pleasure to work with you and a pleasure to share time with you and thanks, thanks for giving up some yeah, more time. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks, great guys. chat. Thanks, man. Had a good way. Well, I feel better now. See ya.
Dear Luke and Ben is an original podcast series created by Luke Shanahan and me, Ben Rennie, and produced by Shea Park and Rennie Studios. Published weekly with Simplecast on the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon platforms.